Welcome to I'm That Proverbs 31 Girl, where we reveal the positive, powerful, phenomenal essence of who you really are so that you are healed, empowered, transformed into who God created you to be. I am your host, Cynthia McClary, and if you are ready to see yourself with a new set of eyes and understand how to live out your purpose every day on purpose, you are definitely in the right place. Are you ready? Let's jump into today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again on I'm That Proverbs 31 Girl podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia McClary. And listen, we're going to dive straight back where we were from the last episode. And again, we are talking about marriage and we're using as our foundation Ezekiel 37 and 10. So the last episode, I think we made it all the way to verse five of Ezekiel chapter 37, verse five. And so I'm going to go and, and, and again, I am using the, uh, the New King James Version. So I'm reading from the New King James Version. If you have your Bibles, then follow along. If you don't have your Bibles, you know you can put this on pause. Go grab your Bible or go ahead and get your app. Ezekiel 37, uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. And I'm just going to, I'm going to do my best just to read up until the verse that we are on and then continue on. So again, Ezekiel chapter 37 starting with verse one. I'm just reading. I'm going to try my best to just read without interjecting uh, with these parts here. So Ezekiel chapter 37, verse one, it says, oh, and also, of course, from the previous episode, um, wherever you see, we're talking about marriages and wherever you see the word bone, substitute marriage for it and more specifically substitute your marriage. So Ezekiel 37, starting with verse one, again, this is the new King James version. So verse one says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Again, substitute marriage, specifically your marriage for bones. So son of man, that's you. Can your marriage live? So I answered, oh God, you know. And and now I'm going to interject here. If you put yourself where Ezekiel is at, and you're responding to God. Sometimes when you're looking at, Lord, look at all of the things that has happened in my marriage, that has happened to my marriage. Look at all of the issues. Look at all of the hills and the valleys and the, and the Lord, look at this thing. Because when I look at it, all I can tell you is, Lord, you know. Because at this moment, I don't, I don't know if this thing can live. So Ezekiel said, oh, Lord God, you know. And I'm I'm here to go ahead and give you a peep on it. God knows that it can live. So even if you don't know that it can live, God knows that it can live. Because he know what he created. He know what he designed. And he's the God who creates. He's the God who heals. And he's the God who restores. So verse four, again, 
he, meaning God, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse five, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am that I am. I am the Lord. You're going to know that I am the Lord. There's there's a couple things, and we already went through this before. There are a couple things that we have to do, and it first starts with you speaking the word of God to the dead situation, and the word of God contains the breath of God. So when you speak the word of God into the dead thing, the, that thing, the word, breathes into that thing, and it causes it to live. Then God comes and he puts all the mechanics together. Put all the mechanics together so that the thing doesn't just live, so that it just doesn't survive, but so that it thrives. And you know, there's a difference between surviving and thriving. So he puts all the mechanics together and then he covers, he, he brings flesh upon it. He covers it with skin and he puts breath in it. And it lives. Listen. Can I just say God wants to do something in your marriage. That's going to cause you to know. And yes, listen. Do you know how many Christians. Do you know how many people who say they love God. Who confess the Lord Jesus. That are in the same place that you're in. And it doesn't matter. If nobody else is in the same place that you're in, the place that you're in matters. It matters to God. But do you know how many Christians that have dead marriages that God wants to prove? This seems like a fallacy, but God wants to prove to his body to, to God wants to prove to his church. God wants to prove to his people through their marriage, through the resurrection of that dead, dry thing, that thing that was once dead and dry. God wants to prove to you that he is God. So it's almost like God is really saying, I'm tired of you putting me in a box. I'm tired of you thinking that I can only do certain things. I am that I am. And let me prove this to you. But the only way that he can prove it to you is for you to surrender, for you to submit, for you to let go, for you to take your hands off of it. Verse number seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded. So that means you have to do what you're commanded in order to see what has been commanded. 
to see what has God, to see what God has commanded, you have to do what you have been commanded to do. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, I want to stop there and interject. As I prophesied, as I said those things that God instructed me to say, as I said those things that God told me to say, I may not have wanted to say them because I probably wanted to say something else. But as I said what God said, as I prophesied. Okay, now let's go into the New Testament. I don't know the chapter, but of course it's in there. And if you don't believe me, Google it. You will find it. It's in the scripture. Remember the scripture where the 10 lepers came to Jesus. And remember the scripture says, and as they went, what happened? It was the, as they did what God said, because Jesus told the, the 10 lepers, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. Here we see in Ezekiel chapter 37, 7, as I prophesied, something started happening. So if nothing is happening, it is because something isn't happening. I'm going to say that again. If nothing is happening, it is because something isn't happening. Meaning you're not doing as you have been commanded. As the lepers went, as the lepers did what Jesus told them to do, something happened. They were healed. As they did as they obeyed the word, something happened. As they obeyed the word, something happened. As they obeyed, as they did what was instructed, something happened. So maybe the change that you're wanting to see isn't, ch- the thing that you're wanting to see changed isn't changing because you're not changing. Verse seven, it says, and as I prophesied, there was a, there was a noise. There was a sound before the thing manifested. There was a sound as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling. Listen. You don't know what's happening as you're speaking the word of God, as you're doing the word of God, as you're doing what God has commanded. Even though you may not see it, you may not hear it, you may not feel it. There is something that is happening as you prophesy, as you do what God tells you to do. There is something happening that you can't see. But there is something happening. And so keep either start doing it or and if you're doing it, keep doing it and let that be the thing that you keep doing, that you continuing, that you continuously do. Keep doing. 
Keep doing because as you do, there is something happening that your eyes can't see. But Ezekiel heard a noise and then suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Please don't lose hope. Do not lose hope. Verse number eight, indeed, as I looked and the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them yet. So now remember, God had already told him to, um, told him what to say, told him everything that was going to happen. So he starts prophesying and as he starts prophesying, things are happening. He's hearing sound. He's hearing noise rattling. And then when he looked, the very things that God had already spoken to him to say was happening. All the mechanics and the technical stuff that was needed for the body, the sinews and all that kind of stuff, the organs, everything that was needed for the body to live was starting to come together. When, as he prophesied, It says, then the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Verse number nine, it says, also, he said to me, listen, as he prophesied, sometimes God don't give you the full step. Sometimes God doesn't give you the start to finish in the first step. Do step number one, as he prophesied. And so now he's seeing all of these things coming, coming together. And that's how, that's how it's going to be with your marriage. You're going to start seeing as you do what God commands you to do. Stop, submit, surrender. As you do what he says. Not what your girlfriend said, not what somebody else said down the street or whatever. As you do what God says. Verse number nine, it says, also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. So you, you're, you're going to start seeing things happen. Just because you start seeing things happen, that doesn't mean you get off the wall. That doesn't mean watchmen come down from your position. No, you stay on the wall. You stay in position. You stay submitted to God. You stay saying what he says. Because why? You want to see the completion of the whole entire matter. Don't, don't settle for halfway or partway. No, you want to see the completion of the whole thing. So don't stop. Don't be discouraged. Even when you might get discouraged, don't be discouraged. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself in the word, in the Lord. Encourage yourself and keep on doing what God told you to do. So verse number nine says, also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, that's you and say to the breath. Now, remember, Ezekiel is looking at this. He's looking at all this happening. He's looking at the sinews and the flesh and the skin covering up this wonderful thing that God has made. But the breath is not in there. And so God tells him, he says, prophesy to the breath because because we need this thing to live. We need life. We need this thing to live. 
And so he says, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, not your words, but God words. Remember, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. This is your marriage. This is your marriage. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Okay. You do and say what God commands you to to do and say. And even when you don't see something, there is something happening. There is a noise. There is a rattling. Things are starting to come together. Keep doing what God said. Keep doing what God said because that thing, it's coming to life, but there's no breath in it yet. So now you have to prophesy to that thing. You have to still prophesy. You have to keep keep on doing what God said. Prophesy to that thing that the breath comes into it. And listen. Not just so that it lives, but so that your marriage stands on its feet, an exceedingly great army. Why does your marriage need to be an exceeding, an exceedingly great army? If one can put a thousand and two can put 10,000, what, where does your marriage fall Where does your marriage fall in regards to that scripture? An exceedingly great army. No weapons that is formed against me shall prosper. Doesn't mean the weapons aren't going to form, but then they're not going to prosper. God has given me power to tread over serpents, uh, trample over scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means do me any harm. You and your husband are one. That is an exceedingly great army. Listen, if you understood, if you understand, if you ever get the revelation of what marriage is in God's eyesight, the two of you are an exceedingly great army. What? The two of you are an exceedingly great army. That is one that is that is one reason that God so love marriage and why he wants to not only create godly marriages and king king marriages of the kingdom but why he wants to heal yours and restore it back to the exceedingly great army. If God is for me, who can be against me? Whom shall I fear? I mean, like, do you, do you understand how important it is to take you, to take your feelings out so that God's will for your marriage to be accomplished? He can't do it without you. 
He needs, he, God has need of you submitting to him, surrendering to him so that the exceedingly great army, which is your marriage. I mean, listen, if there is anything worth fighting for, this is worth fighting for. This is worth fighting for. This is worth fighting for. I'm going to go ahead and read verse number 11 because this isn't the way that the story ends. This isn't the end of the story. So verse 11, it says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. It Like, stop thinking that you're in this thing by yourself. Stop thinking that, oh, woe is me. It's just you and or it's just you and your friends or your family. No, he said, this is the whole house of Israel. The whole house of Israel. The whole house of Israel. He says, they indeed say our bones are dry. So God, God. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. That's what you think. When you look at when you look when you look at your marriage with outside of the lens of God, that's what you see, that's what you think, that's what you feel. He says, therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord, Behold, my people. He's talking to you. He says, I will open, all right, let me find my place back. I will open your graves, those dead places, those dry places, and cause you to come up from your grave. And this is restoration. This this isn't just resurrection. It's resurrection. It's restoration. He says, I will open your graves. You know, who's who? Well, he says, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then. You shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people. And brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place in and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. If you ever wanted to know what God wanted to do for your marriage. I beseech you, I I beg you, I implore you, visit Ezekiel 37.10. And not just visit it, study it. And not just study it, but you seek God in your own time as well. God wants to do so much for your marriage, but you got to take your hands off of it. Surrender, submit it unto him. God don't want you having no dead marriage. And I'm going to say it again, just like I said it. God don't want you having no dead marriage. 
And so in closing, um, there was another one other scripture that God took me to uh, this morning. It just flashed in my mind. And that's um, Second, Chronic Second Chronicles. <laughs> that's Second Chronicles um, 7, chapter 7, verse 14. And I'm going to read it. I'm reading it again from the New King James Version. Listen, you know the heart of God towards marriage. And if you don't know the full heart of God towards marriage, you know part of the heart of God towards marriage. If you want to know the full thing, seek God. And I listen, God says, I'm not going to withhold no good thing from you. How can you ask me for wisdom? How can you ask me for a thing and I, and I not give it to you? In, in, in James, it says, if any man lacks wisdom, so if there is something that you don't know, that you want understanding, that you want wisdom in, God says, ask of me and I will liberally give it to you. Like I'm not, I'm not going to make you jump through hoops. A, a whole lot of times we don't have what we need because we fail to ask God for it. We'll ask everybody else. We'll get everybody else's opinion, even the opinion of the pastor, the opinion of whoever. But we won't go to the source who knows all things. And sometimes that's just where we need to go. We need to go to the source. If you want something, go to the source. Go to the source. And the, and the source is telling you, come to me. Come to me if you need wisdom about anything. If you need wisdom about this thing called marriage. If you need wisdom concerning your marriage. Come to me. And I will give you what you're asking for. And I'm not just going to give it. But again, God doesn't know how to do anything small. All he knows is multiplication. <laughs> Multiplying and multiplying and multiplying exponentially. That's all he knows. God is not stingy with what he has. We're stingy, but God is not stingy. He says, I'm going to give it to you liberally. Like, I'm, I'm going to grease you down in it. You're going to be so oily. You're going to be so oily in this wisdom that you're going to be able... You're going to have enough for you and your house and enough to spare. God doesn't do anything small, exceedingly abundantly above all. Like he, God doesn't know, God doesn't, <laughs> God doesn't know what small is. If, if you, if you really think about it, he don't know what small is. No, he always, everything that God does, he does it big. Think about the wedding in Canaan. Like, I think scripture says, like, at the beginning of the feast, like, the people bring out, like, the, the cheap wine because it's like a whole bunch of people there. And it's like, hey, if we buy this cheap wine, we, we this wine can go farther than the most expensive thing. And then once they all get drunk, then we'll bring out the expensive stuff because by that time, probably they're going to cut down on drinking. And so we are not going to have to. But check this out, right? The scripture tells us at the wedding in Canaan, like 
when the water was turned to wine, it wasn't turned to like ripple. It was turned to whatever the most expensive wine is in the world. That's what, that's what happened at the wedding. God does not know how to do things small. He don't know how to do things on a, on a small level. Press down, shaking together, running over. God don't know about small. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. But God don't know about small. He don't, God don't know how to smallly bless you. He don't know how to do that. He doesn't know how to just, he don't know how to do it. And and thank you, God, that you don't know how to just smallly bless me. No, because I want the the height, the width, the breadth, the depth, the, the depth, the length. I want it all. Okay. Enlarge my territory. Let me enlarge my territory so I can receive everything that you got for me. Okay. Help me to build up, you know, barns or storehouses. Listen, God don't know how to do nothing small. He don't know how to do it. You know that, I know that. He don't know how to do anything small. And he doesn't do anything small. What he wants to do with your marriage, if you will let him do it, it will blow your mind. You'll be, you'll be standing in your own marriage like, wow, like this is really mine. And God going to be like, yup. And guess what? It was, it was, it was destined for you the whole time. I know you want it. I know you want it. Don't, don't play like you don't want it. You want it. And God wants to give it to you. He wants to do that for you. So yes, I know when you push past the pain, when you push past the hurt, the disappointments, the frustrations, the whatever it is, you desire in your heart, even if you desire in your heart to have everything that God desires for you. He want to give it to you. He's ready to give it to you. He's just, he's waiting on you to want it bad enough to do what he tells you to do and only do what he tells you to do. That's what he's waiting on. So as I was saying, the other scripture that, uh, that God took me to this morning is Second Chronicles 7, 14. And I'm going to read it, but I'm just going to emphasize one place. I think I'm only going to emphasize one place. So 2 Chronicles 7, chapter 7, verse 14. It says, if, and I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to pause right there. Um, I remember growing up in school, um, we did what were called, I think at the time they were called conditional statements, if then. So uh, the lesson usually were, was presented, you know, you'd have if, I, F, F, and then you would have dot, 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 and then the word then. And that's, that's considered a, con- well, it was called at one point in history, <laughs> a conditional statement, which means that if this thing's happened, if this thing happens, then that thing will happen. 
So the part B, which begins with then, part B is predicated upon part A happening. So part B, the then portion, can't happen unless the A portion happens. And I know we all know this, but I just wanted to highlight that as the first highlight. That that wasn't what I wanted to highlight, but I just wanted to highlight then that uh, right there in that moment. So again, verse number 14. And first, this portion is the A portion. So A portion has to happen before B portion happens. So A comes before B. So A has to happen before B can happen. B can't happen unless A happens. So we're going to read part A of verse 14. So if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Okay, so here's the real highlight. So we know about the if and the then. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read the then. I'm going to read all 14 and then I'll do it. Okay, so 14 if, the A portion says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, this is the B portion, then this happens after A. This B portion, the then part, can only happen after the A portion because this is a conditional statement. It says, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. B cannot happen without A. A has to happen first. Then B will occur. So, the part that I want to highlight, because sometimes when we read, um, when we read Second uh, Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen, where it says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves," that's the portion I want to highlight just for a brief time. Um, humble themselves, humble themselves, humble themselves, humble themselves. So if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, sometimes in humbling ourselves, it is as simple as our heart being repositioned towards God. That's what humility is. Humility says, God, I am not perfect. God, I cannot handle this thing. God, I have to admit to myself and to you that I don't have it all together. And God, in this marriage thing, I have to admit, God, that I've played a part in this. Yes, I blame my husband for all of these things because I feel like if he didn't do these things or if he did the things that I want him to do, that I wouldn't have to do the things that I be, that I be doing and that I be saying. God says, but if my people, and right now, you know who his people are? His people are his daughters, his little girls, his wives, the wives. That's the people that he's talking to right now. 
If my little girls, if my little girls would humble themselves and say, Daddy, I'm wrong. Daddy, I've done wrong. Daddy, I've played a part in this. Daddy, I keep taking your rule. I keep usurping. I keep putting myself above you. If my little girls would humble themselves and just come back and say, Daddy, it's me. Daddy, I need healing. I need healing. I've been in this place for so long. Daddy, it is me. John B. Key, um, oh, I don't remember the song, but John B. Key made a song. Uh, and I think the song, the chorus of the song says, it is me, oh Lord. It is me that's standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, not my brother, not my sister, but it's me. 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 Forget about everybody else's faults and whatever else. It is me, oh Lord. I'm the one who's standing in the need of prayer. I'm the one who's standing in the need of healing. Me, God. Me, me, so humbling ourselves sometime is um sometimes it's as easy and as hard as saying god it's not my it's not my husband, this is about me, my heart. It's about me. It's not, it's not my husband. It's me. So we just have to humble ourselves. Admit our faults. Admit our shortcomings. Admit the truth about us. God, I don't handle things the way that I ought to handle them, as I always ought to handle them. I, I'm admitting that, God. I'm admitting, God, that when he did what he did, I was wrong for serving tit for tat. It felt good, but I was wrong. And God, I admit it. So I'm focusing on what I did. I'm not focusing on what he said. I'm focusing on what I did. I'm focusing on what I said. That is humility. Humility takes accountability for what you are responsible for. Your husband is not responsible for your individual walk with God. You are. As, as daughters... We are responsible for our own individual walk with God. That means nobody. Now, if God has given us power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means do us any harm or make us walk contrary to God, that means if we're walking contrary to God, if we're doing, saying, or whatever, anything contrary to God, 
I don't really want to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you this. Then whose fault is it? It's your fault. What you're doing is your fault. Don't blame it on nobody else. Humble yourself. If you humble yourself, come to God naked, plain, boom, God. I'm in need of you because I can't handle. I'm not handling this thing the way that I ought to. I'm in need of you. Then part B can happen. When you do part B, I'm sorry, when you do part A, humble yourself. Sometimes we allow, man, if you know, if you knew the places that pride resides, man, oh man, there would be another, there would be another altar. You would would fall on your knees. You would make an altar right where you are and repent. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you knew the things and saw the things that pride makes for, that's why in everything, God says, I got to resist the proud. I've got to resist the proud. Number one, because the proud, wherever pride is, God is not king. Wherever pride resides, God is not king. Humble yourself. God resists the proud and he gives grace. My grace is sufficient. I give grace to the humble. So you want to know how you're going to be able to do the things that you need to do in order to see the things, have the things and be all that God has called you to be? Humility. Humble yourself. My grace is sufficient for you. And in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. Like you really want to see God show out and show up in your life. Humble yourself and watch God show up and show out. Ladies, I love you. As sisters in Christ, I love you. I pray for you. And man, I am so ready to see God do the to to see us step back to see us sit down and let God step up in our lives in our marriage and just begin to show them off begin to demonstrate his power his presence his spirit demonstrate who he is in our marriage and through our marriage listen let the light of the lord lead you let it shine in your life let it shine through you be blessed humble yourselves and do whatever he has instructed you to do in jesus name i will see you all on the next episode Thank you so much for being a part of our listening audience on today. Remember, you can always join us on our social media outlets on Facebook, 
on Instagram, as well as on YouTube under as Cynthia McClary. So we're Cynthia McClary on Facebook, Cynthia McClary on Instagram, and Cynthia McClary on YouTube. So please go to our page, like, follow, share, uh, subscribe on YouTube, and make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. The podcast is I'm That Proverbs 31 Girl. Again, we thank you so much for being a part of our listening audience.